You're listening to a Sin podcast. You can listen to this show live by tuning your radio to 90.7 or online at sin.org.au. You're listening to a Sin podcast. You can listen to this show live by tuning your radio to 90.7 or online at sin.org.au. We at Represent would like to acknowledge and pay our respects to the traditional owners of the land on which Sin operates, the Wundri people of the Kulin Nation. Sin Media respectfully acknowledges their ancestors and elders, past, present and emerging. We would also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians and their ancestors of the lands and waters across Australia where our content reaches. Sovereignty has never been ceded, it always was and always will be, Aboriginal land. Represent. Represent. You're listening to Represent. Welcome back to Represent. Um, we haven't been in the in the studio for a while. I'm here with Bridie and George, and of course, I'm Mimi. <laughs> We've had a bit of a hiatus. <laughs> we have. It's been two weeks. It has been two weeks. It's felt like a long time that. since we've. It has like, definitely since I've seen you guys. Yeah, mm. and so much has happened. It's been mm. a big two weeks. Like the <laughs> Queen. Just a big week, yeah. The Queen. Oh, we're here for the Queen, though. We're here for the Queen, but I feel like we weren't here for like the the funeral the and everything. Funeral and. Did the... you guys watch it? No, I didn't. Did you, Bridie? I did. I watched it. How was it? Well, I had my family over, um, and we all were just like, mm, let's sit around and watch the Queen's funeral. You came together for the Queen's no, funeral. Oh, okay. Coincidentally, it right. happened to be on the Queen's funeral day, but we watched it. And how long was the coverage? Uh, I went. Well, I don't know when it stopped. I went to bed about 10.30 and oh, it was yeah. still going. So Kind of went for a full two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But mm. it was entertaining. I mean, in a somber sense, but <laughs> I liked watching it. There was a lot of pomp and pageantry. and It wasn't a funeral know. vibe. Like, not... No, it wasn't a very... Not for us. <laughs> yeah, like, people weren't really as sad, like, as a... I think anyone was like, sad. I think everyone was just long excited about their two-day-long weekend. I was super excited, even though it was in the holidays, which I was really annoyed about. Oh, true. <laughs> that sucks. I was really cranky with that. Yeah, I didn't really. Well, in uni, they just rearrange your classes, and it's such a mess around. Like, I was like, I'd rather just have my classes on Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It cops like, a lot of backlash, actually, yeah, the, the two public holidays. Why? Um, Well, small businesses weren't happy that I they had to pay so. penalty rates. But they're and... going to have to do it at another time anyway. My work said that the people who worked on the Thursday were the first people in, because it's for a council, the first people in the council's history to get penalty rates. Because <laughs> when they work on weekends, like it's above the award rate mm. enough that they don't have to. What ah. about grand final day? They didn't have things on. Mm, okay. They just cancelled stuff. Uh, oh, so they didn't have enough time to cancel, like swimming lessons? Yeah. Is this the swimming lesson yeah, it's place? Yeah, swimming. Right. Gotcha. That sucks for them. Yeah. Well, not for the people who got paid. Did you get paid on Thursday? No, I didn't work. Wow. <laughs> I didn't work. I'm regretting it, though. 
Yeah. Anyway, today we've got a few. We've got a very diverse um, set few few set of segments. I'm going to be talking about. I'm going to take us. I'm going to take us into some local politics, it's the western suburbs of Melbourne, and we're going to have a little bit of talk about you know the the the, the political stuff going on there. Heading up to the state election. We don't normally talk about like local politics. Yeah, I know. Do we? Yeah. I it's thought a it nice was quite up. sweet. Yeah. I'm always bringing the sweet. You bring the nation stuff, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> I am. Um, and then George is going to obviously talk about the Optus scandal, which I'm quite excited about because I genuinely have no idea what's going and on. I'm and Optus. I'm with Optus too. <laughs> and I'm like, what's going on? But it's actually my mum's thing, so I feel like Same. it's, it's not going to affect yeah. me. No, it'll affect my mum. No, but it's not like my driver's license is on the count. That's what I'm saying. Oh, uh, okay. Like, if I'm she not. got hacked, it wouldn't be. Well, but my are you with Optus? Like, is... yeah, but I'm on my mum's plan. Like, I don't think it's my driver's license. Yeah, but she'd have to give you your your details to them, wouldn't? But not your driver's license, I don't think. I don't I remember not. giving her my driver's license. Like, they might probably have my details on my bank card or my number no. or something. Oh no, biggie. Which I'd be more worried I don't about. Even <laughs> <have my laughs> exactly. Card. I'm not even paying for it. My mum pays for it. Yeah. Well, Oh, I, I think know, I'm off know. the hook. That's Maybe. lucky. Me too, then, probably. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, the Optus sure. scandal. And then Bridie's talking about some 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 stuff with coal mine <laughs> <laughs> in Victoria and Queensland, the transition to good climate alternative action coal mines. Correct. Good things very well put, Mimi. We're closing some coal mines, which is yeah. exciting. Yeah, very exciting. And we are back. I think I'll just go straight into my... Take it away, Mimi. <laughs> thank you, my local politics segment. Um, so I thought we'd get our rear into gear when it comes <laughs> to talking about the upcoming election. Woo. Woohoo. Um, so let me transport you to the western suburbs. <laughs> We're thinking Werribee, Melton, Point Cook... Okay, I'm you, feeling the vibes. Do you feeling the vibes? Do you know where I where I am, guys? I know where you are. I'm yeah. confused about the excitement of. Uh, it's just there. exciting. Don't disappoint. I'm not George. dissing. I'm dissing My nothing. Enthusiasm for <laughs> so now these seats have historically been Labor seats, a very safe area for their party. Um, however, this is all beginning to change. And once again, like in Sydney and like in the southeastern suburbs in Melbourne at the federal election, the independents are rising to the top. It's very exciting stuff. <laughs> um, I feel like we like are actually covering like independent parties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we never, no one ever does that. Well, like people do, but it's like becoming more yeah of a thing. Anyway, so what seems to be a very common theme here, um, or cause, if you will, for this trend, um, is that for the independence rising is this feeling of neglect and disenfranchisement from party politics in these suburbs that feel feel neglected. In Melbourne, this sentiment is growing amongst the western suburbs who feel that the sandbelt seats such as Frankston, Mordialic, Mordialic, Carrum and Bentley are receiving more government attention and spending than they are. When you say sandbelt, you just mean like southeast. Yeah, but these yeah. are the specific suburbs. Okay. Mentioned. Well, actually, okay, true time. I had to look up what sandbelt sandbelt suburbs are. <laughs> okay. So I thought I'd name some for the other people who yeah. wouldn't know what I meant. Yeah. I feel like you've illustrated what they are now. I think the listeners should be aware that you're not actually from Melbourne, so it's a bit harder. Yeah. 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 George and I, however, have no excuses. Exactly. That's <laughs> why we don't call places Mordaliuk. 
(laughs) (laughs) So what is important to the Western suburbs right now and other suburbs that are having this rise of independence is they want to feel like someone from their own community has their back. The independents that are running in these Western suburb seats are Dr. Joe Gara for Point Cook. He went to Tim Palace Werribee seat in 2018, where he almost won nearly one in five votes as an independent, but he lost overall. Um, and so now he's trying for Point Cook. And he said for him, even if he doesn't win, his efforts to at least make it marginal or more marginal, he hopes will be able to get more services out to Point Cook. So, like, the more marginal it is, the more people will have a look at what's going on and be like, oh, we need to, like, pay attention. And he claims that the suburb still feels like it's a decade behind everywhere else. Ian Birchall is running again for Melton. He won last year because he campaigned for a hospital. Both major parties have committed money to build this hospital in Melton because of his campaign. But Birchall is frustrated by the size of the hospital that the government is proposing and the predicted completion date, which is in 2029, so still ages away. Birchall is the MP who believes that eastern suburbs get more attention than the west, like what I said before, stating, The sandbelt seats get all the pork barreling. We pay the same taxes and get nothing. So this is like, you know, Western Western suburb gossip. Like, yeah. right, right, you should be loving this. <laughs> pork barreling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In Werribee, as mentioned before, Labor Party member Tim Paller will be running again. Um, it's Palace. Palace? Is it Palace? The treasurer. Yeah, it is. It Tim is. Palace. Sorry, oh, I spelled the double S. Okay, I think I would have seen that. And thought it was, um, sorry about that, Tim Palace. Sorry, everyone. It's okay, keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But this time, it seems his biggest competitor is Mia Shaw, a local councillor who has been recruited by the Liberal Party. And she says, because there's been such a strong Labour hold, other parties have not wanted to come in here or haven't been able to break in. But I think slowly over the last few years, we're seeing that change. Shaw says she was considering running as an independent, but Matthew Guy's commitment, sorry, yes, Matthew Guy's commitment to providing more infrastructure to Werribee, such as a hospital and a soccer stadium, convinced her to join the Liberal Party. So we've got two independents and at least a local community member who lives there and was going to be an independent, but she got swayed. So, but what does all the Labour representatives think of all these people coming in and taking their territory? Well... Oh, so I've got Tim Palace. Tim Palace, <laughs> the current member for Werribee, who is part of the Labor Party, has said, the only time the Liberals pay attention to Melbourne's western suburbs is when they're cutting funding, closing schools and hospitals, and going to war with workers. It's only a Labor government that will deliver for our western suburbs, making record investments in the hospitals, schools, road, and rail Victorians deserve. Interesting. I have... Thoughts about that? Yeah. Would you like? Would you like to tell well, us? Well, do you want to finish off and then we can discuss, or do you want to just go for it? Yeah, let's just go in. Okay. Well, I mean, it's interesting that he says rail because there's such under like servicing of the western suburbs at the moment, like with the train services, because um, it's such a growing population. Mm. It's so like fast growing. I think it's the fastest growing area. Yeah. Um, and I go to school with a lot of people that live out in the West and it takes them hours to get to school and get home every day because there's like you have to get a train and then you have to get another train and then a bus because there's mm. just not enough mm. public transport out there. I think a long-term vision needs to be undertaken in the West especially 100%. because, yeah, considering how big of a growing population it is, like um, what we were saying before or Mimi was saying about the soccer stadium and the hospital, um, Obviously, not only that'll be good for the completion date, but to adequately like 
compensate for the amount of you know people that are living there. They all need jobs and everything, and mm. I'm sure that that would bring some of it. Mm. And as you were saying, Brady, sixty percent. I think it's sixty percent of people who live there don't work there. Like they work, yeah, somewhere in Melbourne else. or into the city more at least. Yeah. So yeah, that's a lot of people. That's a lot yeah. of people in PT. <laughs> like, there's just not the infrastructure to support that. And I mean, it's interesting that Labor's saying that they're going to because you know I haven't really seen them doing mm. it yet. No, no. So yeah, well, so speaking of the Labor Party. <laughs> To conclude, I have a quote by former Labor Party Party member Marlene. Anyone want to help me? Kairos. Kairos. I think. Um, So she was a minister who was forced to resign after allegations of branch stacking, which we've talked a lot about already on this show. But this information is irrelevant to this story. I just wanted to provide some context (laughs) as to why she was a former minister and why she was getting kicked out. So she had her, like, you know, leaving, like, leaving speech, you know, when they say something mm. about the leave. Uh, valedictory. Yeah, yeah. Um, this week. And she leaves an ominous warning to her former party, um, which I think is very relevant to this topic. And she says, my message to all sections of the Labor Party is listen to those communities. Do not take them for granted and do not leave them behind because they will leave you behind. Well, that is a bit like end of a horror movie sort of thing. It's really in your face, isn't it? I know. When I saw it, I was like, this is perfect. (laughs) Perfect for my point. So I presented you here with this idea of community, but a sense of neglect within this community. I'm not going to ask you if we're going to have another teal wave, because we always talk about whether we're going to have more independence, and like I think we get the point that we probably are. But I just kind of wanted to hear more about like your ideas about like not like this disillusion with major party politics and favoring someone who is like from your community. Do you think that like I guess like with the way that the Liberal Party recruited Mia Shaw from for where uh, for Werribee, do you think that we're going to see like bigger parties trying to like recruit local people or like ways that they can be more like local rather than like big idea? I or- think out of the fear of. Um, this two ways they're probably going to incentivize, you know, getting, ma- making it seem like the parties is more down to the ground and more, you know, independently focused. Um, especially like, I think the big name around this is just the fact that it's in the West where I think like labor has probably prioritized southeastern suburbs a lot more and eastern mm-hmm. suburbs. Um, so yeah, I, I think now that they're not going to be taken for granted, yeah, like, um, you know, having a marginal seat is like the best thing that can happen to you in, in politics. Like you get all these sweet soccer stadiums and, you know, all this lovely pork barreling. Yeah. Anything you want, you'll get if you're, if there's a bit of, um, if there's a bit of naivety, whether you get that seat in parliament. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I kind of think this is how it probably always should have been. I don't really think that we should be parachuting people into seats who don't live there. Yeah. Because it is like, it's called representative democracy. Like the whole point of the lower house especially is that we have these people representing the areas. They're not representing like ideas. I mean, obviously they've been voted in because they people like their ideas, but you know, I I definitely think this kind of not necessarily the disillusion with major party politics, but like just having someone from your community represent you, I think it makes sense logically and I think mm. it's a better way of probably benefiting the community anyway. Yeah. And my last point is, where's Daniel Andrews in all this? 
He has not said a single thing. <laughs> True. And Matthew Guy, he's onto it. He's sending he's sending people in to recruit others. Do you think Dan cares? Do you think Dan just I think Dan like, cares. I, I think he's <laughs> freaking out behind closed doors. I think Matthew Guy's just seeing that more is an opportunity, which is why it's to being To get his hard. face out there, really. Yeah, exactly. He's, I mean, my dad loves to read the Twitter polls, and <laughs> he says, Brady. Matthew Guy would win 28% of the vote today or whatever. But apparently Daniel Andrews is still winning though. Yeah. 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 Oh, he's definitely in prime position. But mm. I think um, when, you've, when you've lost that many seats, like in the eastern suburbs for the Liberal Party, you've got to kind of put your attention elsewhere, which is why I think we're seeing Matthew Guy go to mm. go to these positions rather than Dan Andrews. Um, True, yeah. So, yeah, I, th- I think it's more, more a case of playing politics rather than, you know, Anything else? Yeah, I suspect we'll see more of Dan Andrews. In the As it ramps up, if there's more, the more marginalism it gets, exactly. um, maybe you'll see a few, a few cheeky press conferences from Dan <laughs> yeah. Andrews yeah. in the future. This Hard hats is also such a massive side note. But have you seen how diverse the Greens candidates are for like for the state elections in Victoria? There is just so many different people, and none of them look like politicians like none of them look like old Mm. white people like (laughs) like when you see them you're like whoa there's like so many young ones too like so many of them look Mm. our age oh yeah i was looking i was like lord because i was looking at people to interview yeah and i was like oh my gosh all these people look like my age (laughs) i guess the biggest story um in australian affairs this week was the optus data leak um if you aren't aware of what's happened, which I guess is the both of you, apparently, <laughs> and myself. Was I know it happened, but I don't know any details okay. or anything that was exposed. Yeah, and I don't understand how we're supposed to know if we were exposed Yeah, and if we should be that yeah. concerned. <laughs> and also, sorry, I know, but, like, also, why is this person asking for money as if they don't think if, Op- like, even if Optus actually sent that money... Hmm. How would they get it, receive that money without being caught? Because I, it like was... Like, how? Because it was... They want it sent to them um, through cryptocurrency, which can't be right. tracked. Right. Okay. That makes it a little bit more But believable. one million... But I was like, how the hell is Optus going to send a million dollars <laughs> yeah. to someone? No. And then how are they going to, like, you know, not, like, like traffic that money into, like, yeah. all these different... Like, it's just, I was like, why would you even want that hassle? No. Two Good steps question. out of the game. Um, but, yeah, like, it, it was a bit weird that they only asked for $1 million just to start off because, like, that sounded really sus for me because Optus can afford a lot more than $1 million, I can imagine. Um, so, you know, play your bargaining chips better the next time. But anyway, what happened was that there was a massive data breach within Optus um, and as many as 10 million customers, um, their accounts and their details have been exposed. So, what was taken? Um, it includes stolen data, including names, email addresses, postal addresses, phone numbers, dates of birth, and um, some of them have had identification numbers, including passport numbers, driver's license, and Medicare numbers exposed. Um, now, 10 million people is a lot in itself, um, but they haven't released 10 million people's data yet. Um, the hacker, the anonymous hacker who goes by the name of Optus Data, Imaginative. Um, yeah, very imaginative um, on various dark web accounts that I'm no expert in. Um, basically has released 10,000 
well, they allege that they will release 10,000 customer records of this 10 million people. And so they have the 10 million records, but they haven't released it to the dark web yet, which is where they will. And then in that case, they can release the data of their passport numbers, of their Medicare statements, which can all be used in that, in effect for fraud. Um, so they haven't, but they're going to. Or they say they They can. allege they will release 10,000 if Optus don't pay a million dollars. Um, so that's the first thing. Go, Mimi. What's your My question? My next question is, is I want to know the person who was the poor IT man who was sitting in an Optus <laughs> office and, like, found this yeah. out and, and had like, to inform people uh-huh. and was like, oh, like, I feel like when you think about, like, catastrophes like that happening at work, like you any workplace. You just think it's something small. And then you're you kind of like, nah, like, like, it'll be fine. Like at work, mm. if I do something a little bit bad, I'm like, it'll be fine. Like nothing <laughs> bad's actually going to happen. But like imagine the guy who saw this and was like, it's not oh, suspicious. Oh, <laughs> something's wrong here. <laughs> and then it blows off like that. Yeah. Like that'd be crazy. Yeah. Does anyone know never. how they find that out? Or I, no one knows? Not in the, not in the no many. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but like that does lead to one point about how Optus has been criticized for their lack of security. I'll just report suggests that Optus um, had an application programming interface called API, um, available online that did not require authorization or authentication to access customer data. So basically, what I've been hearing amongst my circles, (laughs) um, my esteemed circles, is that if I I tell you, then I'll have to kill you. Yeah, exactly. But um, anyway, basically, what they're saying is to the effect that you need barely any um, knowledge of hacking or coding to be able to get into Optus's, um, you know, customer data programs. Um, just to kind of emphasize how easy it was for this to hack and how there was such little security implemented by Optus to prevent something like this happening. In the instance where this is a quote from uh, Corey J, the cybersecurity consulting for Moss Adams, um, who basically said, um, the public API endpoint did not require authentication. And yeah, basically anyone on the internet with any knowledge um, of that endpoint, which is the URL, could use it. So I know that's a lot of wacky terminology, um, but basically it was really easy to get in. And that's why Optus is copying a lot of criticism, well, cop a lot of criticism as it is because it was like kind of their fault. Um, but yeah, it was just the fact that it was so easy for them to get in. Um, so after this... Um, Optus customers have been urged to stay vigilant for signs that the data has been compromised because we don't know. The 10,000 people who have had the data release um, will be contacted. Um, and just as of today, Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has confirmed that Optus will have to pay for new passports and it won't fall to the burden of the taxpayer. Um, which, you know, is, I guess, a bit of a silver lining, but it does mean there's going to be a massive backup of passports, especially if you want to go away in the summer. Um, you're a bit out of luck there because your passport will be taking a long time to come. Um, so on top of this, um, there's an investigation to the entire situation, um, not only to track um, where this hacker is, um, most likely a foreign hacker, and to kind of see how to prevent this from happening and how to prevent this happening from the future and also whether Optus should be made liable for all of this. Um, but yeah, there's been a few accusations 
um, from Home Affairs Minister Claire O'Neill, who has said that substantial reform must be implemented, um, considering the hundreds and millions of dollars in fines that other companies um, would face if such a similar breach had occurred. To preemphasize, um, Optus can only face a $2.2 million um, fine uh, compared to other international agencies, which could go hundreds of millions of dollars. She's basically saying that, you know, Optus need to be held more liable. So, do you guys think Optus should be held liable for this? Or well, do you think yeah. it's yeah. kind of... I didn't really think so, honestly, before. But now that I know about the whole, how easy it was. Hmm. Some part of me is just like, honestly, like, it's bad. But, like, people are just going to start doing this the more and more that we can, like... Yeah. Well, that's... Yeah. Technology, like, those face... The face recognition the, thing. Mm. The face... No, the... Um, where you can, like, make someone's face look oh, like they're deep saying fake. something. Yeah, that yeah. thing. Like... I do think it's that, like, I didn't realize it was so easy. Mm. Now that I know it's so easy, I'm like, well, yeah, yeah made it yeah. harder. But sometimes I feel like, you know, even if they made it super duper hard, like, mm. I feel like That's really if you're a good hack, I kind of just feel like it could happen to anyone. Yeah, well, true. It's a massive business, like, this hacking, this hacking thing. I like, you were going to say, like, Optus. I was like, well, no, but <laughs> like, the, it's internationally, there's a lot of money to be made for these hackers. Like, you know, if you go overseas, like, there's, you know, corporate buildings made for hackers to, you know, half a starter and things like that. There's it's a big money game and it's only gonna get more and more um, you know, in the future. So yeah. One of the things that, you know, such major companies have been told is to stop harvesting user data for an extended period of time and see it not as an asset but as a liability to protect that data. Um so Obviously, you know, when whenever you sign up for anything, you need to give a bit of information. Um, maybe that information should be reduced to prevent um, such acts of hacking um, or yeah. such data being breached. I feel like there's so much that every company knows about every one of us that, like, for me, I think people have just become kind of like, oh, uh, like, whatever they know already. Mm. Like, people say, oh, Be Real's tracking you, TikTok's tracking you. Mm. It's like, okay, they already know so much about me. Everyone already knows, you know, my phone number, where I live, whatever, yeah. all the apps, mm. right, that need that. So, it's yeah, it, of... a data bridge is just an expectation of today. Like, do we... Yeah. That's kind of what I guess I mean. I feel like the only part that's scary is, like, the passports and the driver's license. Yeah, obviously. Because you don't want to, like, like, have someone documents. have your identity. Yeah. But I agree with, like, the whole, like, phone numbers and things like that. Like, honestly, like... It's a bit... It's yeah. Yeah. Correct. But, yeah, the, there's just the threat of fraud. And because, like, yeah. the dark yeah, sure. web isn't regulated, I guess, um, you know, it could be in the hands of anyone and they can, you know... I mean, the dark mm, web freaks me out for... Yeah, I don't even... <laughs> I don't even understand how you get in it. Me neither. Apparently, you have to, like, hack your own computer or something. Oh. That's I, I think there's a, there's a difference between it, the dark web but... and the deep web. And, like, uh, the dark web... <laughs> yeah, neither. I've had a friend who's supposedly done it, but yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't think it's that hard to get... If you if you know what you're doing, I don't think it would be that hard. Not that I know. Like I, I don't <laughs> yeah, know yeah, anything. And then does it just look like an alternate Google? Yeah, like, I, I what does so. it look like? like? If your computer's in like dark mode, is it just like Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the screen's actually dark. Yeah. No. I well they they say like the dark in a dark room. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You have to have all the lights off and everything. Yeah, yeah makes sense. <laughs> um no, like they say that 
you know, Google and whatever we see is just like the tip of the iceberg and there's, you know, just heaps of, we're not even reaching the top of it. That's what I mean. Earth. That's like weird. It's yeah. so weird. And, yeah. like, yeah. Um, <laughs> and my friend who did it, like apparently you have to do it on something, like a device you don't want to use anymore. So yeah. she did it on her iPod when she got the phone. <laughs> <laughs> on, you, like, on your iPod? <laughs> she was like, you can't, well, you can't go back. Apparently once you do oh, really? it, you can't go oh. back to the old, like to the normal web. <laughs> so that's oh, okay. why she's like, it's I like web. <laughs> yeah, you have to do it on like something you don't want to use again. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. I think we should pre-emphasize that we don't encourage people to no, <laughs> go on the dark I web. Don't plan to. <laughs> no, I, I don't think, plan yeah. to. I don't even know if she's like lying to me, to be honest. I think it's a bit strange that she's going on her iPod. <laughs> iPod touch. <laughs> no, not now. This is like when she was in high school. Oh, okay. That's still a bit suspect, I think. Bridie can take it away. I can. We're going to chat about coal-fired power plants transitioning to renewable energy because there's been a couple of announcements in the last week that have been pretty exciting. So yesterday, AGL announced that they would accelerate the closure of the Loy Yang A power station um, to bring forward the closing date by 10 years, making it close in mid-2035, which is still feels like quite a long way away, but... <laughs> Ten years earlier is only fine. Yeah, I just registered the, the day <laughs> in uh, thirteen That's years. Ages away. <laughs> That's horrible. So that power station generates around thirty percent of Victoria's electricity, though. So, and it's the biggest emitter, like single power station emitter in the country. It contributed sixteen point six eight million tons of carbon dioxide and three percent of all emissions in the country last year. I think it was last year, in a year. So that won't change the plans for AGL to close their other power stations because there's kind of been a lot of drama with, like, the Hunter Valley and the coal-powered fired, coal-fired power stations there. Um, but they're not changing their plans for that, apparently. So the new AGL chair, Patricia McKenzie, said, we have the ambition to supply up to 12 gigawatts of renewable and firming capacity up to 2036 to meet our customer demand, estimated to require up to a $20 billion investment. So which she sort of is implying, we don't have this $20 billion, but we will need it. So where they will get that funding, I don't know, but it's interesting. I did had to do a lot of um, Googling to work out what like the context was for a gigawatt? I had no idea how big that was. <laughs> so they on the dark web. No, <laughs> they want five gigawatts of power capacity by twenty thirty for renewable power. And so the kind of most context that I could find was that like solar energy added three point three gigawatts of capacity to our energy just last year nationally. So I don't mm, know. I don't really get it, but that's okay. Me neither. But I mean, given. I feel like I'll just say that the power plant gives 30% of Victoria's energy. So I get that, yeah. Yeah. It puts it into perspective. Yeah, more George or less. George is smiling. Do you know what she means? I don't know. How much do you know about gigawatts? I don't know what a gigawatt. Terawatt hours. Yeah, no, I have no clue. I just like seeing your you guys' impressions of what you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well... We don't know. Anyway, um, the Victorian government also just announced some new plans to increase power storage capacity. So under their new targets, we would reach 2.6 gigawatts of renewable energy storage capacity by 2030 and 6.3 gigawatts by 2035, which is enough to power about half of our current homes at their peak energy usage. So 
We do need a lot of gigawatts, evidently, to power Victoria, <laughs> if that's about half. So there you go. Hmm. Um, the Energy Minister, Lily D'Ambrosio, has committed to working with AGL on a tradition transition for workers, but they, she didn't confirm if power prices would go up. I feel like because it's closing in 13 years, we maybe don't need to worry so much about power prices right now. Obviously, we can worry about the things that are changing them now and the, making the cost of living go up so high, but not that it's going to close in 13 years. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I'm not going to lie, I'm a, a bit lost. <laughs> <laughs> like, people, are, all the articles I read were like, but this is going to make power prices go up. But it's not closing for another 13 oh, years. Oh, yes, yes. Like, like, why would anything happen now? It's literally yeah. ages away. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, yeah, I don't, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the transition for workers is probably the biggest, like, issue that comes with closing power plants. So I'm, I'll be interested to see, you know, how that kind of goes. <laughs> yeah. I think it'd be weird to work at one and know that your industry was literally dying. Like yeah. in 13 years, you will have to go find somewhere else. But like, they'll just get trained to do renewable energy yeah. stuff. You'd hope so. But, you know, that's surprisingly like these, you know, a couple hundred workers decide a lot <laughs> about politics. Like, yeah, you know, totally. it's always a big argument about... Um, All miners and... Yeah, exactly. And it's like, like you know... It, we're living in a revisionist time where, yeah. like, you know, we're, we're going into new energies and, you know, Green New Deals could, you know, incentivize a lot more employment, but these yeah. couple hundred workers are paramount. Yeah, so true. Um, so that kind of segues nicely into my next part of this, which is the Queensland changes. So Queensland's just announced in the last week that they're going to do a 10-year, $62 billion super grid of renewable electricity. So that would mean increasing the renewable energy production eight times over, so a big increase, obviously. And the workers at publicly owned plants, which there are eight of in Queensland, would be protected under a jobs guarantee, which oh, I thought was interesting. That's nice. Yeah, <laughs> good on that. Yeah. <laughs> so Anastasia Palaszczuk says they're going to build a five gigawatts capacity of a hydroelectric power plant to stop relying on coal by 2035. So ties in perfectly with the closing of the Victorian one. She's seeking federal support at the moment and they're all they're in very like early stages of planning. I feel like they kind of announced this a bit prematurely because they're like, we don't have anyone to build it yet. We don't have funding mm. yet, but that's okay. Um, it's all in the name of, you know, getting a few yeah. brownie points while you can, I guess. Exactly. But, um, you know, it's in the right path, I guess, at the end of the day. Um, yeah. And so they're building it in northern Queensland, so she made the announcement in Mackay. So I would assume that was targeted towards the people who are working in mines up there. You'd assume yeah. so. But, yeah, yeah it's a... It's a nice touch knowing that there's one less obstacle um, with, like, you know, people's jobs mm. from um, moving to new energy sources. Yeah, definitely. And so that would mean... It, they're actually going to build three reservoirs. And, I mean, that's, I feel like there are environmental consequences that probably come from building dams, but mm. it's okay. It would mean, like, acquiring land from farmers, not national parks, though, which is something that I read that people were worried about, negotiating with traditional owners. And the Mackay Conservation Group says that they're concerned that all the water is already fully allocated to, like, between farms and homes and like other stuff. It just seems like more of a logistical nightmare than more you talk. <laughs> I know. So, yeah, I'm glad I'm not Anastasia Palaszczuk having to kind of deal with all that, mm. but 
um, yeah, I mean, it seems good because the hydro scheme would have an effective storage capacity 617 times larger than South Australia's Hornsdale battery, according to The Guardian, yeah. um, which would be designed to generate power and support the grid at times when wind and solar were unproductive. Interesting. She yeah. makes a lot of promises, I'll say she that, does. for the future. Yeah. <laughs> she's got the Olympics that she's... Yeah. yeah, it's, um, yeah. She loves the 2030s. Yeah, it's going to be a big decade in yeah. Queensland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so she also changed their targets, which she said, I believe, that they would legislate, which is 70% renewable energy by 2032 and 80% by 2035. And apparently the projections said that they would not rely on coal by 2037. It's a good target to aim to. I, I think Victoria yeah, as well did recently. Like a better target. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna hear 2037 for that. I'm like, yes, okay. No cold. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I'm yeah. like, yeah, okay, that's like kind of shutting down stuff at that point. It's like, well, if Queensland can do it, you know. Mm. And it's a phase out, so yeah, it, like sure. generally, like we'll get the rewards of it even before that as well. So and yeah, I think Victoria as well released a few new initiatives um, yeah. for our climate action as well. So on the right path, maybe. Yay! Lay the house down. Oh my god. Um, I feel like we'll just wrap it up instead of going into another song. Okay. I'm not. I don't want to risk. I still have my super quote to go through. Oh my gosh! Okay, yeah. Well, let's quickly do that. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Sorry. Can you remind us of the rules? It's okay. I'll I'll remind the listeners because you know our loyal fan base is a bit forgetful sometimes. Anyway. What it is, again, is every week I'm going to have two quotes. One is a quote of a politician. One is a quote that I've just made up out of thin air. And they're normally going to be obscure ones, but what you've got to do is decipher which one is true. And if you get the true one, you've got to tell me who it's from. Okay. Or at least which part it's from. So (laughs) this one's definitely not going to get put in the podcast version because... Why? It's a bit suspect. I think it's best left for the naughty rude show. Beyond yeah. anything. Well, if they said it in politics, surely we can say it yeah. on the show. All right, off you go. Well, maybe it's, maybe it's a fake one, though. So maybe if they didn't say oh. it in politics, you know, then okay. we can't say Did it. Did you just then. give it away, then? No, okay. I haven't. I'm okay, leaving just go. it for... Go, 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 go. <laughs> okay, first one. They must have heaps of cash, and they've got to have a package a package between their legs they don't even need to speak when a certain politician was describing the perfect man. Secondly, I don't believe we need same rights. Human rights is a nonsensical ideology that is only used to put us on a pedestal and seem like a moral superior. I don't know. I feel like he did a crazy one for the fake one last time. Can you read it? I feel like it's the package one's real. The, yeah, the, the, the I think vulgar so too. one. They must have heaps of cash and they've got to have a package between their legs. They don't even need to be able to speak. Yeah, I reckon that's real. That's a horrible thing. I know, it's yeah. so bad. I think that's... Wait, are they talking about women or men with the pack? Oh, women. Women, no, men, the, men, the, men. Yeah, I'll, I'll give that away. It's a woman talking about the yeah. dream man. I think it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's the pack. It's, it's the vulgar one. one. That's yeah, true. Correct. Is it? I feel like it's Jackie Lambie. She oh, totally. Oh, it's so giving Jackie <laughs> yeah. Lambie. Um, yeah. Who else could it be? There's no one else that talks like that. <laughs> yeah, Jackie yeah. Lambie. Correct. It was yeah! Jackie Lambie. <laughs> we heard of this. Week. Yeah. I'm gonna if she can say that as a politician, yeah, we can yeah, do the show. yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, enough, I guess. 
Okay. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, because I was just thinking no one would say that about humanity because, like... Oh, yeah. there could be. I'd oh, say. there could be a horrible racist person or something, but, like... Yeah, well, oh, we don't have any of those, do we? <laughs> but, like, I don't know. I just was kind of like, nah. It's just, like... I feel like the package one's kind of, like... I feel like people get away with saying, like, no. stuff about, like, you know, like, just vulgar stuff about, yeah. like, sexuality and whatever. I don't yeah. know if I can say that word. I don't actually. know how that gets put but, into... But I feel like you can't it. say stuff like the humanity stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just yeah. something that seems so much worse about it, mm. even though that comment was still... Okay, I, I could definitely see that being said. But anyway, <laughs> As you being said, I think you'd got more backlash. Yeah. Um. Anyway, thanks for tuning in to Represent here on Sin. We've been your hosts, George, Mimi, and Bridie. You can keep up to date and let us know what you've thought of the show on our socials and find us at Sin Represent on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to hear the episode again or catch up on any of our old episodes, you can find our podcast at Omni or Spotify. And remember to stay political. You've been listening to a Sin Media Podcast where young people run the show.